Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, TFA fam? Welcome in to another video. On to week five. Tonight we are breaking down our running back rankings. We are going to do a three-man this time. If you already saw the quarterback tight end video, we tried this. That's what, what we always record first. It'll peek behind the scenes. And then Robbie, you know, apparently couldn't, couldn't take it. He's like, you know what? This is too much. I'm gone. But he's back. So... We are going to be talking about our consensus top 24 rankings. We're going to break down our top 12 first, then hit 13 to 24 and talk about some of the guys outside of that. Let's kick things off with our top 12. Like I was just saying, there is a little asterisk here. Uh, Robbie and I are not expecting Christian McCaffrey to play. Kevin has ranked Christian McCaffrey as if he is going to play. So Kev has him at one, but he is not in our ranking. So that's why you're not going to hear us talk about CMC. But if he plays, you're plugging him. Outside of that, we have Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, and then Najee Harris at 12 for our top 12. Obviously, if you have these guys, you're plugging him in. I really don't think we have to dive into a lot of these guys. For me, there, there weren't a lot of matchups that I felt like, okay, this is a great matchup. There's some I like, and there was some I was kind of like up in the air on. So curious to get your guys' thoughts. Robbie, I'm going to throw it to you first before your internet flakes out on us again. How did you go through some of these top 12 guys? Are there any guys that you know you were having a little bit of trouble with, guys you feel you might be higher on or lower on versus the rest of us? For me, I think the first name, and I know we're all starting him, but the guy I want to touch on real quick is Alvin Kamara because – he is getting so much of that workload and the Saints are running the ball at such a rate that it's actually beating the Baltimore Ravens, who we always look at as this team is they're going to run more than every other team in the league, right? Not this year. Sean Payton has decided to do a full 180. He is running the football um, early and often. Now with Tony Jones out um, for week five and beyond, I can only imagine that Alvin Kamara is going to see the field probably at the Christian McCaffrey levels, right? Of 96, maybe a hundred percent of the snaps. And, I know he didn't get any targets last week. That's normally an anomaly. He should get what, even if they're not passing a ton, three to five to six targets, right, in any given week. And if he's going to get 25 rushes uh, to begin with, that that has him as a top five guy for me. So I know some people are worried he didn't see the touchdown, uh, but he had over 100 yards, had plenty of work, seeing all the snaps, no more Tony Jones. I, I have him as a top five guy um, for me. And then uh, another guy that I have a slightly higher 
um, and you guys on is DeAndre Swift. And this is a guy that we hear that he's going to go um, and get a lot more work, right? We heard that um, from Coach Campbell coming into the week. He got the snaps. Right. He just didn't get the work exactly. And so I'm going to trust the snaps a little bit more than the overall workload. Um, I know in most weeks, if he gets eight carries, he's not going to get 16 yards. He's going to turn that into a much better uh, total on the ground. And then I do expect his yardage through the air to be better in most weeks. So I'm going to stick with him. He gets a, a much tastier matchup, I think, yeah. this week going against Minnesota. Um, I really, really like um, them to have to pass a lot to him to, to keep up in this game. So I'm really excited about him. Um, the one guy, and I'm sure we'll get to him, I don't want to jump ahead, but I think all of us have him as a running back too, is I'm a little worried about Antonio Gibson. Um, I just, the the snap share is not fantastic. He's actually gone down each and every week so far from 65% to 61 to 57 to 55 in week four. And we know the talent's there, right? Like we've seen it week in and week out, but they're just not going to him full time. Uh, we saw JD McKissick play 40% of the snaps this last week. And so he's just trending in the wrong direction. I'm, I'm kind of nervous that if he doesn't get you that touchdown, you're going to be sitting with a low end uh, running back too. And I think that's why you'll, you'll see him pop up once we get to our running back twos. Yeah, I like the bounce back game for DeAndre Swift as well. The only guy that I really want to touch on here in the top 12, uh, James Robinson, back to doing James Robinson things. Carlos Hyde was a healthy scratch on that Thursday game, which led to the the showing that made J-Rob who he was last year, right? 95% snap share, 78 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Now, he didn't see the targets in this one. He only had two, and that was his lowest on the season. But if this is going to be what we see going forward, uh, you know, I think we can plug in uh, James Robinson. And, you know, from that t- 10 to, you know, 14-ish, kind of rage week in and week out after looking like uh, Urban Meyer was going to do Urban Meyer things week one. I was, I'm, I'm actually very surprised that Hyde was a, a healthy scratch, you know, with, with the, the relationship that those two have, but Kev top 12, any guys that you want to touch on here before we move on to our RB twos for the week? Yeah, well, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of disagree with you here on Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think that he is a boomer bus play really. Uh, that's what he's been so far this year. Week two, he got you a good old seven fantasy points. And last week, he got you 12. He is a touchdown-dependent running back right now. He is not seeing the the, uh, the targets that we are accustomed to seeing from him. Even if you take out last week, I mean, he four, six, four targets. That's just not what we are looking for from him. This yeah. offense is absolutely putrid. Uh, if, if they're not going to be able to get down and, and, and score, it, it is really going to cap his upside here. And Washington, while their secondary has been bad, their 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 front and their uh, against the running backs has been still really really good. They are eighth in adjusted line yards. Uh, their defensive line is. They are also second in stuff rank. So they have done a very good job of bowling running backs up. And if you look at Alvin Kamara so far this year, I mean, I don't think it really changes. Tony Jones isn't going to change. All of a sudden, he gets all these other pieces. They have Dwayne Washington. I'm sure he'll mix in and get some opportunities too. I, I think right now he sticks around 62% snap share. He is third in carries, but he's 20th in targets. And he's only 14.5 fantasy points per game, which is 18th among all running backs, 39th in mm-hmm. true yards per carry, 42nd yards created per touch. So he just hasn't been efficient either. And so if he's not going to get this high level of targets, then I think it, it, there is some level of concern here with him that 
I don't think you can just try lock him in and think he's a top five running back anymore. Now, does that mean you're you know you're not starting? No, but you should you should tip your expectations of who he is now. He's not the same guy he was last year in this offense. That's a problem. Now, maybe once Michael Thomas gets back and they get some of these other weapons going, and this offense can kind of turn a little bit more into a, a more functional offense. But right now, it's just not that. And they have no pass catchers whatsoever. So if you're Washington, you're just going to stack the box. Okay, run the ball all game uh, in New Orleans. Try to beat me through the air. And and I don't think they're going to be able to. because I don't even know if Marcus Callaway is going to play. He got hurt last game. And so this offense is just devoid of any any, any upside. And really, he has to score a touchdown for him to be able to do that. And if he does not score a touchdown, it's probably not going to be a great week for Alvin Kamara. So that's just uh, what I want to talk about him. That's why I have him down at eight. And I even think that that might be a little bit too high. I was just going to say, Kev, we had our throwdown uh, beginning of the year, Dalvin Cook versus Kamara. And I, I was nervous about Kamara's targets. But, like, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me that they don't have the playmakers and they're not using their best playmaker, you know, in the in the passing game. So it's, it is absolutely worrisome. Uh, Robbie, I know you're going to throw your two cents in there. So go ahead and then we'll move on to uh, the RB deuces. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to go back and forth on Kamara. I think you're rolling him out if you have him. I, I think the workload is promising. Like, we look at um, the maybe the running back finish, and maybe it doesn't look as great as it, as you'd like it to. But he had 26 carries for 120 yards. This was a fantastic week, one of the best weeks you'll ever see for someone who doesn't score a touchdown. And those touchdowns will come. You know, we talk about this offense not being as explosive as they were in the past. That's fine. They still scored three touchdowns. And if you're telling me the Saints are going to score three touchdowns, average 21 points a game, Alvin Kamara is going to score – uh, more often than not. Taysom Hill had two rushing touchdowns, which absolutely he can score, but he's not going to get two rushing touchdowns each week. Alvin Kamara will probably score every other game, every third game, something like that. So um, I, I believe that this is a, a a guy that probably is underlooked because he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown, right? We're, we're worried about that rushing touchdown uh, potential, but I think the regression will come back. Um, that's why he's a top five guy for me. Let's move things on to our RB2s for week five. And we're kicking things off with a guy that we're a little bit divided on as Daryl Henderson. Robbie, you have him at 11. I have him at 14. Kev, you have him at 17. Followed by Antonio Gibson, who you touched on, Robbie. Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, Damian Williams, Damian Harris, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, Cordero Patterson, Josh Jacobs, and then Miles Sanders at 24. Kev, I will give you the floor first. Anyone in this 13 to 24 range that you want to, you know, really touch on? Guys you feel good about, guys you don't feel good about. Well, I think there's a lot of question marks this week because we have, it doesn't, I mean, right now it doesn't really sound like Joe Mixon is going to play, which probably opens the door for Samaj P. Ryan. We had Chris Carson pop up as a DMP today with a neck issue. Yeah. So if he doesn't play, we're looking at Alex Collins. I mean, uh, Damian Williams, we, we now have, you know, that we know that David Montgomery's out for four to five weeks. So that's much more of a significant injury than what people thought. So you have Damian, uh, Damian Williams or possibly Khalil Herbert. So, I mean, there's a lot of running backs right now that are banged up here that, you know, I think all these guys are going to be pretty much going to be waiver uh, waiver guys. Everyone's This is probably going to be the guys people are going to have the biggest questions about this week. This is everyone's going to pick up. Everyone's going to want to know where they slot these guys. And currently, for myself, I mean, I have, I think, all of them as as top 24 options. But I have Samaj P. Ryan at 24, Damian Williams at 20. And so, well, I guess I still have uh, Chris Carson because it's a little bit too early in the week uh, to know exactly what's going to happen with him. But with Samaj P. Ryan and both uh, 
Damian Williams. I think they're both, you know, kind of top 24 uh, guys this week. And so for me, I, I think, you know, Damian Williams, I think is going to be involved as a pass catcher. I could see Khalil Herbert definitely mixing in here and getting opportunities on the ground. And you have Samaj P. Ryan, who has also been involved in the passing game as well. I know they also have Chris Evans, who is a, who is a pass catcher as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize these two guys. And I think these are two guys that people are going to have the most questions about this week. You know, other than that, you know, Damian Harris gets a fantastic matchup against Houston. I'm sure they're just going to pound the ball, pound the rock with him. So even in a full yeah. PPR, I still think he's probably a top 15 guy going against Houston. I am starting everybody I can at any time, you know, any, anybody plays Houston. You know, and then, and then past that, you know, uh, Clyde Edwards Lair has done a really good job over the last couple of weeks, kind of bouncing back and kind of people that maybe would have uh, bought low on him. That window was closed uh, a little bit because he has really bounced back. And we've seen the Chiefs offense really try to, you know, I think teams have like, okay, we, we figured you out. We're going to. You know, uh, we're we're just not we're just gonna have to play too high safety, and you know we're just gonna you know let you guys have everything you want underneath. And Andy Reid just been like, okay, we're just gonna run the, we're just gonna run the rock with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. That's really what they've done the last couple of weeks, and so uh, you know it's it's good to see him finally bounce back and put and pose two solid uh, performances. Now this is a tougher matchup against the Buffalo. Buffalo's defense ranks first in pass DVOA and second in run DVOA, but I really don't care when you're playing Kansas City. Kansas City's gonna get thirds. And, uh, you know, score a lot of points. There is no defense. Uh, I don't care who you are that's going to stop this team. So I think I, I don't I don't have as much um, enthusiasm about Clyde Rizzo this week, but he is still a solid RB2. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Robbie, what say you? Yeah, kind of going off the top, uh, the guy that you mentioned that I have higher th than you two would be Daryl Henderson. And, and this is a guy you and I had talked about on the, um, the pre-show on Sunday. You know, you were a little bit hesitant. Are they going to work in Sony Michelle a little bit more? And it did not appear to be that nope. way, right? <laughs> Henderson absolutely took advantage of what was a great matchup. Anybody running against that Cardinals uh, defense um, from a rushing perspective has had success and Darrell Henderson was no different. And now he turns around and gets that same type of matchup against the Seahawks. They've given up the most yards to running backs thus far this season, second most uh, to the position in fantasy points. Um, and he's kind of that workhorse. Now, can uh, Sonny Michelle get a couple series here and there? Yes, I absolutely think he can. Um, but this is a guy that also saw six targets for five catches. He hasn't had under 16 um opportunities in any of the three games that he's played. So if he's healthy, which is always the big if with Daryl Henderson, if he's healthy, he's uh, normally pretty productive. So um, that's why I have him as a running back one. Uh, the other guy I think a lot of people will have a question on is Cordell Patterson. What are we doing with this man after he scores three touchdowns? We all have him kind of ranked as a low, um, low end running back two. A lot of sites have him. You can play him at either running back or wide receiver. So we might talk about him again in the wide receiver show. But I'm not chasing the touchdowns. I get it. He's been fantastic for a couple weeks in a row. But Mike Davis played 51 snaps. Cordero Patterson's 23 snaps. And I get it. He had the three touchdowns. The first one was a broken play. The other two were actually legit. His third one was a fantastic catch over the shoulder. Um, I really liked that. But he is actually seeing uh, yards per route run of 4.6. And to put that into perspective, the only guys that are near that that have had at least um, 50 routes run, Tyreek, Rondale, Cooper Cup, Debo, and Brandon Cooks. 
Um, they're all a full yard less than him per route run. So he's at a rate that's just not sustainable at all. He's at a touchdown rate of 22%. That's not sustainable at all. And eventually, eventually, Calvin Ridley is going to get the touchdowns. Kyle Pitts is going to get the looks and the touchdowns. And so that means it's going to get taken away from Patterson. I'm selling high in any league I can. We do rank him as a low-end um, running back too, just because he is involved in the pass game and, and in a PPR uh, setting, that's what's going to get him. If he gets five or six catches, I'm going to have to put him there uh, based on, you know, he can score that touchdown, right? We've seen it, but um, I'm absolutely going to be selling him um, going forward. Yeah. If you can, if you're able to sell, sell high on him, he is like the poster child for, for selling high on somebody, but we have him ranked there. We're not necessarily chasing the points, but he's getting the opportunity. Week two, week two and week three, seven carries, seven targets. Last week, six carries and six targets. But the the, the touchdown rate, Robbie, you already said it, absolutely unsustainable. But you know he's going to be here until until we see him phased out of this offense. He's getting the opportunity, and he has been an explosive piece. It would just be nice if I don't know they would scheme things up for a, a tight end that they took in the top five of this past draft. But, hey, I, maybe maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm being crazy. But the, the guy that I wanted to touch on uh, that I have way higher than all of you, I, I thought maybe you guys would be, like, close to me. I would just be a little bit higher. But that is Leonard Fournette. I have him as an RB1 for the week. I actually have him at RB12. It looks like he has a stranglehold on this backfield now. Rojo is in the doghouse. Even if Gio Bernard comes back this week and you know could potentially eat into some of those targets, some of that pass catching work, the only time that we've really seen Gio be super involved in this offense was whenever they were uh, playing from behind going up against the Rams. That isn't going to happen this week against Miami. I mean, we had Leonard Fournette see 20 carries, 82% of the snaps last week. Ronald Jones had six carries. He did find the end zone, but I don't really care about that. He only had 17% of the snaps. Now they're going up against the Dolphins, who are giving up the fourth most half PPR points per game to the uh, position. They've given up the third most rushing yards. They're tied for the second most touchdowns. So I really like Leonard Fournette this week. Like I said, it, it kind of seems like that leash with Ronald Jones was always short. And I, I think we're finally at the point where until Fournette really messes up we might see a, a split like this so i have leonard fournette pretty high up for me the other guy that i want to touch on real quickly a guy that i didn't love coming into the year a guy that i still don't really care about all that much or i'm not that crazy about that's josh jacobs uh you know he went into that monday night game really questionable i wasn't sure that he was going to play but he did Ended up getting the, the majority of the snaps. I th It was 63% of the snaps. And the thing that made me, I, I guess, a, a little more optimistic about that is they were down big, obviously, in the first half with the Chargers jumping up with 21 nothing. I think, at the at the half. So I thought we were going to see a lot more Kenyon Drake because he has been that pass catching back. That wasn't the, that wasn't the case. Uh, now it gets the, the, the Bears. Although, on paper, if you look at it, they're averaging the 11th fewest half PPR points per game to running backs, but that's largely in point to largely in part to only allowing two total touchdowns on the year so far. And they've done a good job limiting pass catching work. But again, that's not a big thing with, with Josh Jacobs. So if he's going to be the guy, they're going to be uh, putting the, the running back position on him. 
I like Josh Jacobs this week, and I think he's someone who, after what we saw going up against the Chargers, you can comfortably plug back in as an RB2 this week. Kev, shaking your head. You want to say something? Yeah, I just uh, – I, I can't I can't, I can't, can't rock with Leonard Fournette. Like, I think he's a fine RB – like, RB3, RB4. I don't trust I, Bruce Arians as far as I could throw him whatever he's going to do on any given damn week and why he does what he does. I think Leonard Fournette played well, uh, you know, but uh, – it is good. It is good, though, to see Ronald Jones to get relegated to nothingness because that's where he could be because, you know, he's he's just a guy. But I digress. But uh, I think some of these other guys that uh, I, you know, are a little bit interesting, you know, Trey Sermon played pretty well last week. Um, you know, and we mentioned that with 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 him or with, you know, the Arizona Cardinals that, that you know, you really they are more of a uh, pass funnel defense or excuse me, run funnel defense. Uh, you know, they're 16th in pa- run DVOA, but like first or second in pass DVOA. But we'll have to see kind of what ha- what happens with, uh, you know, Eli- you know, Elijah Mitchell once he comes back. But Trey Sermon actually didn't look too bad last week. You know, I think he had almost 90 yards rushing in that game. Uh, Naheem Hines, this feels like this very well could be kind of a Naheem Hines game this week as well. Going up against Baltimore, uh, you know, a team that they're going to have to kind of put up some points on Monday Night Football. So I don't mind him as kind of at RB3. And then I really wish, you know, that uh, the Broncos would just trade Melvin Gordon because I don't know if you guys saw that run by Javante Williams, a man's run, just carrying the entire defense of the Baltimore Ravens on his back down. And it's just, like this this guy is so damn good. And it's so annoying that Melvin, they, they just continue to split carries every single fucking week you know like i i I, don't i'm never gonna wish injury on anybody but man like it's just like can we just let javante eat can can, can we let javante eat you know but other than that you know i pass these guys like i don't know like if i don't want to start any of these guys if i don't have to because none of them are anybody that you're really gonna trust that you're just like oh yeah definitely this guy this week you know i think i think there's you know some playable guys but let me just start a wide receiver in my flex. Like, you know, I think they're so much easier to trust. These running backs are so boomer bust. Yeah, I feel like that has been the the mantra for the past, like, two or three weeks with wanting the, the wide receiver and the flex versus any of these running backs. Uh, Robbie, before you jump in, I did just want to get your guys' thoughts. What are you doing with Miles Sanders? Are, are you benching him? This week, like it's it's absolutely ridiculous the the usage that he hasn't seen over the past two weeks. Now, obviously, you know, getting blown out by Dallas, he only sees the the two carries. But then last week, Kansas City, you know, not a good run defense at all there. I think they were missing some pieces as well. Seven carries, thirteen yards, three targets. Did end up getting the, the thirty four yards with his uh, with, with his receptions, but. I mean, you're looking at what a combined 15, uh, 16 opportunities in the past two weeks. Are you guys sitting him this week for somebody like a like a Zach Moss going up against Kansas City, uh, Latavius Murray, Chuba Hubbard, somebody like that? If if you have him, what are you guys doing with Miles Sanders? Because it's it's kind of getting at the point where you know you probably drafted him in the fourth round or so, so it's not like you were you know really tied to him. Are you sitting them? Are you playing them? What are you guys doing with Miles? Yeah, I think that that is all valid concerns, right? The usage is just not there. And I don't even know if the game script really matters because we know that he's a guy that can catch the football, but they're just not trusting with those snaps. That is absolutely going uh, to Gainwell. And, and Gainwell's opportunity share is just creeping up and creeping up each and every week. So I'm at a point where you absolutely can sit him if the 
um, other person that you're starting over him is right. Um, I have Miles Sanders right outside the top 24 running backs. He's 25 for me. I think he's actually 25 for all three of us. So yeah. that just shows that we're all at a point where you can, if you have two um, better running backs, start him. Guys, I have right around him, Josh Jacobs, Chuba Hubbard. Um, you had Leonard Fournette up there. I have Leonard Fournette a couple spots back. But um, that's the level that he's at right now until we see – him get a, a larger work share, I think he's he's probably too risky. And then we look at the matchup against the Panthers. Even after getting ran all over the place by Dallas, they're still the third best defense against the, the run. Now I get it. They've also faced easier competition as well. But uh, Miles Sanders has not proven um, to, to get the, the workload uh, to make me want to start him in a matchup that's already not that appealing. So I think you absolutely can bench him. I think it just really depends on what you have. I mean, most of it's been all been because of game script, right? That they were, I mean, just like you said, they were blowing, I mean, they, they were trailing the entire game for the most part and in each of the last two games they played. And so they really didn't have much of an opportunity to do much through on the ground. And so I mean, he, his, his, his snap share hasn't changed. I mean, he is getting, he's playing roughly around 62% of the snaps in every single game he's played this year. It's just, they've been at a point where, you know, you have to throw the ball. They're not really an opportunity to run the ball. So really, I mean, I think he's more game script uh, dependent right now. Um, he's still, I mean, he actually ran the most routes last week among all uh, of the uh, Philly uh, running backs. I mean, he ran 30 routes and uh, Kitty Gainwell only ran 19, you know. So, and Kitty Gainwell still not being utilized at all, uh, you know, uh, between the tackles as a runner. I mean, nine, six, one, and three carries so far to start the year. It's just been targets. And to be honest with you, I mean, outside of last week, I mean, he had three, three, four, and then the eight targets last week against Kansas City. And so, I mean, past that, I mean, and again, he's not coming anywhere close in terms of routes run to Miles Sanders. So I actually think Miles Sanders is a pretty solid buy right now for people that I think people are going to be looking to get off him. And I don't think it's going to take a lot to acquire him. And I think there, there's going to be much better game scripts coming for this offense. And so I think Miles Sanders will be okay. And, you know, it's just all going to be a matter of if they can stay in this game. I, I don't foresee Carolina blowing out Philadelphia, kind of like the way the Chiefs and the I think this can be much more of a closer game. And as long as it is, and I think Miles Sanders is more somebody you could probably utilize a little bit more. Robbie, anybody in the RB three area that, you know, you're, you're, you're liking anyone that you are looking to start. Yeah. I think there's a lot of guys just based on these timeshares that are starting to work themselves in, into more work. Um, Gainwell is a guy that I'm probably not um, ready to quite do that, but other guys like JD McKissick has seen enough work in two or four games where um, in a pinch, you can, you can start him. If you've had injuries, um, if you lost Montgomery and you don't end up getting Damian Williams, um, Tony Pollard, as much work as Zeke's been getting and how good Zeke has looked, Tony Pollard is getting enough um, work in his own right to be flex worthy of the last couple of weeks. So I think that's a name um, that, that you can absolutely go to. Let's see what happens with with Chris Carson. But I think um, even though the, the matchup is tougher, I think Alex Collins will probably get a majority of, of that workload um, for the Seahawks. So there's different guys, I think, that we have to wait and see with some of these injuries. But um, I'd be able to trust some of these pass catching backs a little bit more. Naheem Hines is a guy that that Kev mentioned. He's 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 the guy that has the bad week, good week, bad week, good week. Um, I think he's back to having a good week this week. So um, there, there's a handful of, especially when you're talking about the pass catching backs in a PPR setting, um, I, I'd be fine with rolling out as a flex. Yeah, I thought we were getting that Naheem Hines week last week. So maybe this will be the week that, uh, that he does hit. But that's going to wrap things up, guys. We appreciate you checking this out. Please hit us with a like and a subscribe if you have yet to do so. Any questions you have, leave a comment. We will get to them. Or open up the video description that's right below. 
click on the link for the Discord. Absolutely free. You can jump in there and ask your questions as well. So make sure you keep things locked in here, and we'll see you guys on the next. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.